Well, we still don't have a Pac-12 media deal. But when you look at the major sports, if the Pac-12 wants to be good, they don't need some home run media deal. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions. Please continue to like, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch this show. Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Hey, those don't hurt either. So, the success of the conference is not entirely contingent We'll just use a different word. The success of the conference individual sports teams is not entirely dependent on what comes out of this media rights deal. Now, does the conference want to get as good a deal as possible and give their schools the best chance? Yes, 100%. But the point that I want to drive home today is that the Pac-12 can be good or as good as schools are capable of being out West. They can be as good as they want to be independent of the media deal. Because at the end of the day, what does it take to have a successful program? You can talk about football. You can talk about men's basketball. You can talk about women's basketball. You can talk about tennis. You can talk about hockey. You can talk about baseball. You can talk about softball, whatever. What does it take? Just ask yourself that question and lay it out. Well, you got to have the right coach. Yeah, that's a good place to start. And that's kind of the crux of my argument here. But let's just go down the list. You got to have the right coach. You got to have some investment for sure and buy in from the administration. You got to have a culture that says, we want to be good and we demand that your team be good or else changes will be made. And then you have to be able to go out and get the caliber of players that you need to make a successful team. But how many of those things are directly tied? to how much money they get per year from the media deal. Maybe the coaching part? I mean, I mean, maybe. I mean, really maybe. Now remember, the greatest example of this, frankly, is Deion Sanders. Because Deion Sanders exists in a world where he is a Pac-12 football coach, and this is under the previous media deal that does not pay as much as the other conferences, But Colorado's administration decided, we're tired of being bad. We want to go make a splash. We want to go make a big swing. And so they went out and said, you know what? We'll raise the money. The athletic director went on the record, and I haven't checked in on it recently. And and, and he, he said, we don't have all the money for his contract right now, but we're going to get it. That sort of commitment, that mindset from administrators, from coaches, from athletes, from fans... That is what is often lacking more than money and resources from a media deal in a lot of these programs that we see fall down upon tough times. We, we, we see too low a standards. Look, the Bay Area schools are, great, are a great example. What are the expectations there right now? I mean, David Shaw had a losing season in 2021, had a losing season in 2022. I'm pretty sure he was under 500 in 2019 as well. 
What, what, why, why were you waiting that long? Arizona State, you hired Herm Edwards to take over a program that was in a good place. You'd hired him to elevate it. And after three years, he hadn't elevated it, and yet you kept bringing him back. The, the fundamental principle that every school, that every program needs is a standard. You gotta have a standard of excellence. And you hear coaches talk about that all the time. Is it easier in this place than that place because this place has more money than that place? Yes, it is. Or it, it, it is easier. It does make your life simpler in some respects. But don't tell me that it can't be done. San Diego State is in the final four. Florida Atlantic is in the final four. Miami's in the final four. And UConn is in the final four. Do you think UConn has got some giant pool of money that compared to the Pac-12, <laughs> I mean, it's dwarfing them. The Big East doesn't have football. If you didn't know, that reduces your media payouts dramatically. So going forward, regardless of what this media deal entails, the ability for the Pac-12 to continue to compete at a high level with individual programs will come down to coaching hires and commitment. And whether or not you are willing to commit the money that you do have and the resources that you do have to coaching hires, which you need to make the right ones, because if you make the wrong ones, you got Mark Fox at Cal. Something that I, I'm going to touch on a little bit later because they appear to have found their head coach barring an unforeseen chain, change of events. But the, the, the fundamental principle for the Pac-12, any school to win at a high level, when the media deal does arrive, it's not going to change. You've got to do things right top to bottom. And you've got to hire the right coaches to do that. And if those coaches don't perform within a certain time window, you make changes. And too often in the Pac-12, Jared Hass at Stanford, Mike Hopkins at Washington for basketball, Mark Fox at Cal before this season began. You just, just keep going across the board. You can look at it in football. You can look at it in basketball. The standards have just been set too low. And they've got to be higher going forward. All right, I got that rant out of the way. So, um, interesting question. I'm sure I'll take all sorts of flack for that. But, you know, even though I don't look very old, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. And, and, and actually, let me wrap up with this thought. The Pac-12's ability to compete in football and men's basketball, is there going to be a larger financial gap once the new media deals kick in now or for in, in the future compared to now, yes. But the conference was already operating at that gap. So this is not at, at some level. It's widening, yes. But the fundamental principle or the fundamental problems, the fundamental situations of what the conference needs to do, that's not changing for any of these teams. Yes, Ohio State is going to be getting several million, tens of millions of dollars a year more. Great. Okay. They were also getting tens of millions of dollars more than every Pac-12 school previously. Situation is going to remain largely, though not entirely, the same 
when you're talking about a football team's ability to get into the playoff and compete for a national championship or a basketball team's ability to make a run in the final four. Those sorts of things are not going to dramatically change. But where we get Pac-12, football, men's basketball, women's basketball, everything will likely be changing. And Apple is a very real option. And Apple might be willing, theoretically, to pony up and pay a little bit more, making them maybe more preferable than the streaming service that I've long advocated for, which is Amazon. I'll tell you why after I tell you about FanDuel, because FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Tournament's heating up. You got to get on the action with FanDuel. I know Pac-12 teams aren't there. I mean, we have San Diego State, which is pretty close. So, uh, <laughs> But you got to get over to FanDuel there. Right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Don't miss your shot at that no-sweat first bet when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. As usual, just all sorts of fired up today. And I love getting questions. I really do. And this one came in from Saints Academy Portland. All right. Hey, I'm from Portland, man. Anytime you want to shout out the city of roses, the real city of roses. The Rose City, as they call it. Um, <laughs> you do that anytime. Rose Garden, so much better than the Moda Center. Anyway. If you want a question answered on the show, YouTube comments, Twitter at LO underscore Pac-12 or at Smalls underscore 55, mentions and DMs wide open. Saints Academy Portland wants to know, how long did Major League Soccer take for Apple to get worked out? Oh, I get it. Okay. English is a weird language. Uh, might be a good topic. Indeed it is. So I, I did some digging here. I dug and I dug and I dug and I dug. I went all the way down in my metaphorical sandbox until I hit the bottom, and I wasn't able to find out exactly how long that it took. Now, the power of the internet being what it is, if any of you have that sort of information or are able to find it when I was not able to, despite extensive searching, by all means, shoot it my way. We'll see if we can get Saints Academy Portland an exact timeline here. But there was a lot of interesting information about Apple and you know their MLS negotiations and how much they paid and whatnot. So... The previous MLS deal was not worth as much, but like all live sports, the value is going up, 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 like a hockey stick on a chart, right? Um, there's this family guy scene where uh, Peter's being shown projections from Quagmire about a business idea, and he just shows him a straight line, and it's just going up like this, and he says, the, this is our expected growth, and Peter says, Wow. And <laughs> he doesn't really have to say anything else. And Peter's like, all right, I'm on board. So uh, the previous deal for the MLS with ESPN, Fox, and Univision was worth $90 million a year. And with Apple, they inked a 10-year deal, which they didn't call a media deal, by the way. They made it very clear, at least the MLS spokespeople did, that it was a partnership because there are a lot of little intricacies and details involved with uh, that sort of stuff. Um they upped the ante to $250 million per year. That's a non-zero increase. For those of us who are math majors, that is approaching a 200% increase in the value. Now, what is the actual value of the MLS now compared to what it was when the previous media deal was signed? Yeah, it's much higher. It's more popular. But that's still 
a pretty penny. And I think the MLS was pleased with the deal they were able to get with Apple from a financial standpoint. And here, here's the other thing about that when you say like, well, you know, is it really worth $250 million? Again, probably a long-term play there from Apple counting on what the growth may be for, for the league going forward and how valuable that deal could be, right? Because by the end of the first media deal, the MLS had a valuation of clearly greater than $90 million because by the time it was up, the next year they bought it for 250. But when they started the deal, maybe it was worth less than 90 million and it surpassed that, right? So that might be what they're thinking is they inked a 10-year, $250 million deal totaling two and a half billion, uh, which is quite a bit of money over, over the course of a decade to have the rights. And they think potentially there'll be some long-term growth there for that particular product. Now, that $250 million a year to Apple, which is the world's first trillion-dollar company, is not a lot. And it's just this little. According to Front Office Sports, $250 million a year is about 0.13% of all iPhone sales in 2021, or about 11 and a half hours worth of selling. So to, to, to get the money, just from a revenue, not profit standpoint, two different things. Um, I didn't study business in college, but you know, picked up a thing here or there. To get the revenue they needed for $250 million a year, they would have to open iPhone selling across the world for less than half a day. I bring that up to say Apple is dealing with a lot of financial liquidity here. So the prospect of adding them may be pretty rich. Now, Amazon, also a pretty successful company, is they're, they're, they're not going to dramatically overpay. I, because I, I don't think they're you know going to put business people on the matter and go through a, a deal of negotiations and then and say well let's just overpay by 150 percent because whatever but I, I I bring this up to point out that Apple may be willing to overpay slightly if they really really want it if the pac 12 only wants to go with one streamer these companies have got the money and that amount, is so insignificant. I mean, it's significant to you and I, of course, $250 million and whatnot, but it's not to Apple as a corporation in the way that it perhaps sounds. And so the prospect of having them and trying to get the most out of them financially could be a profitable endeavor for the Pac-12. And I obviously hope it will be. Now, a couple other interesting notes on that Apple deal with the MLS, should it come to be Apple's the primary or a primary streaming partner for the, uh, the Pac-12 media rights. Their deal did include some games that were simulcast on Apple TV+. Plus. Or, or the uh, or the Apple TV app, which are two different things, and on linear television. So, we, I, I've seen some speculation or or thought that you know, oh, you know, they could be they could do this, they could sublease the games, they could do that, and I point that out to say there is precedent there that if Apple has the rights, right, they they have done before and could do again in theory with the Pac-12 if they found an interested party, 
a la ESPN or Fox or heck CBS, I don't know, whoever would be interested in some individual games in subleasing the rights to those games to that particular network. There's no guarantee that that's going to be a part of the deal, but Apple knows how to operate in that space, meaning if they were to become the rights holders for the Pac-12, they could do that. So um, that was something I thought quite, quite interesting to note. Um, Apple was also going after the NFL Sunday ticket. I don't believe they ended up getting it. And, you know, Amazon dealt out over a billion dollars, 1.1 billion for Thursday night football. It's funny when you're talking in the billions, 1.1 billion versus 1 billion. That's the difference of a hundred million dollars. These companies have got a lot of money here, but Apple also went after the NFL Sunday ticket. And I don't believe they ended up getting it. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that's where the Sunday ticket currently is. But to me, that represents a sort of aggression. You look at the liquidity they have and the mindset that Apple really wants to go in. I mean, they're in the MLS as the rights holder. They're in to uh, Friday Night Baseball with, with Major League Baseball and whatnot. I could see them emerging here over Amazon, who I'd like just because Amazon's got, I think, access to more people at this point in time. Apple, as you know, if you're talking about it from a stock standpoint as a streaming company, they're, they're trying to go like this, right? Be on the up and up and up and up and just keep going up. Amazon has got a, a just massive subscriber base, and you've got way more people who have Amazon Prime already than have Apple TV. So if you're talking about getting games in front of people, I think Prime could be easier in that sense. But if Apple's confident and if Apple's driven and if Apple is willing to pony up and pay a little bit more, then that's where you're going to go. I, I think if you're, you know, the, the question of balancing exposure on linear television to, to finances, you can make an argument either way. I, I lean towards the finances and whatnot, because what was I talking about at the beginning of the show? One thing that you have to do as a program is make the right hire as a coach. And it's easier to do that if you've got a little bit more money in the bank. Like that's the most impactful element that I think the media deal can have on the conference is getting schools enough money, just that extra little amount to be able to pay a coach the, the, the extra amount of dollars that, that he is looking for to turn down another coaching opportunity. And I, I think that stuff happens way less often than people would perhaps make it out to, but it's not infrequent. We saw it at Colorado with Mel Tucker, and Colorado has now changed their mind and said, yeah, okay, we're done being bad and making mediocre hires. We're, we're going to go for it here. And you know, whenever Dion is no longer Colorado's head coach, I'll be most interested to see who they hire, what sort of candidates they can attract, and, you know, how much they're willing to, to pay said individual. But, you know, that's a topic for, for years down the line, and I'm sure you'll still be uh, stuck with me here on Locked On Pac-12 at that point in time. But Saints Academy Portland, it's it's a great question. Uh, gave you everything I had. Again, I, I don't know how long the negotiations actually took. If I had, I definitely would have told you, and if I'd heard that they took a very long time and longer than usual, that would have given me more hope right now. But as every day that passes goes by and we don't have a media deal, I do start to think a little bit more like, boy, how how either how complicated is this thing or how bad is the deal going to be financially? Those, those are the two things. I, I lean a, kind of 50-50 on both, but at this point in time, anybody's guess is, is as good as mine. Um, all right, let's talk about Pac-12 basketball here to, to end today's show. 
The final four is this Saturday, and the Pac-12 is not directly going to be a part of it. It could indirectly with San Diego State, of course, but we talked about that on yesterday's show. Cal's men's basketball program, or the men's basketball program of Cal, if you prefer. Again, English, terrible language. I'm not a fan. The UC Santa Barbara coach turned him down, opted to stay with the Gauchos, but Mark Madsen is now reportedly going to be Cal's next men's basketball coach. Now, he is a Stanford grad, and I suspect, though I cannot confirm, he was looking for the Stanford job, but it didn't come open. Cal's did. Bay Area, it's where he's from. Coaching salary increase. Now, Cal is one of, it's, it's maybe the worst job in the Pac-12 right now for men's basketball. I think it's worse than Washington State. I mean, the, the reputation is terrible. They don't have their own practice facility. And this goes back to the commitment thing I was talking about earlier. Yes, programs with more money have practice facilities, but there are programs with equal or less amount of monies, monies, money that have their own practice facilities. Like that is a commitment thing. If Cal, the University of California at Berkeley has got more than enough money and has for a long time for their men's basketball team to not have to share the practice facility with students at the rec center. That's a commitment thing. Like, come on. That's basic stuff. You got to be willing to, at the very least, do the basics. So he's coming into a really, really tough situation, but he's probably going to take it because it's a power five opportunity. And if you can turn around Cal, my goodness, you can turn around anywhere because that is as low as a program could be at the moment. But Mark Madsen, I like that higher. I like where Cal's head is at. I, I thought Stanford, again, this goes back to the mindset thing. Mark Madsen won a lot of games at Utah Valley, built a tournament caliber team. He knows how to use the portal. He's a good X's and O's coach. He's a good recruiter. He's got everything you need, an appealing candidate. And Stanford decided to ride it out with Jared Haas, who's been nothing but mediocre. That's what needs to change. Standards, expectations, goals, being driven. You got to have these things because if you don't, somebody else will every time. It's a cutthroat industry, college sports. That's what it is. But I'm glad that that Mark Madsen is coming to the Pac-12, and I hope he can turn around Cal. And with the transfer portal, maybe he'll be able to do it sooner than we all think. Because I would love for the Pac-12 to be a bigger part of the NCAA tournament. I I would really love that. I'm going to close on an optimistic note here. You all know I believe the Pac-12 is going to add San Diego State. I think they're going to add San Diego State. I want them to add San Diego State. Just to put in context how far down the Pac-12 has been in the basketball sense, How many Pac-12 teams have made the Final Four since 1998? How many do you think? Seven. It's seven. And by the way, four of those teams are UCLA. You know the team that's out after this upcoming sports season? Yeah, four of them. The other ones, Stanford in 1998, bit of a shocker there, Arizona 2001, Oregon 2017, and then UCLA three consecutive years, 06, 07, 08, and then again in 2021. 
That's how hard it is to do what San Diego State just did in the Pac-12. But if programs can change their mindset, which they can, it just takes a, a decision. A decision just has to be made in the building like the one that was made at Colorado, which is, I'm, uh, not I'm, we are tired of being bad. We're tired of being complacent. We want to be great. And any team could do it at any point in time. You just got to commit. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day.